Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is part 2. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12. We have been looking at mighty manifestations of the Spirit. I do not want to take long with this today. And in actual fact, for this is probably the 13th week that we have been looking at this. You might say, what? 13th week? Yes, 13th week. So if you have not been following us on this series... I want to encourage you to go to riveristanbul.com and, and just watch from the beginning um, onto the last. And then, of course, since you're a part of this today, um, you're going to be blessed by this. But the Lord put it on my heart to speak to you on mighty manifestations of the Spirit. This church must, must be open to the move of the Holy Ghost. We are a church in revival. This will never become a swamp. It won't. Not on my watch. This will never become a swamp. It will be a cold day in hell if this place becomes a swamp. So we're going to let the Spirit of God move. I'm not here to dictate to the Holy Ghost. I'm here to yield to Him. I see myself as an usher. To ushering the presence of God. And to do whatever my boss tells me to do. Come on, say amen. amen. <laughs> and this is the attitude that I want to instill into us as a church. We come here, we yield to the Spirit of God. We're not here to play games. We're not here to fulfill any religious duty. We're here to experience God. We're here to have an encounter with God that will change our lives. And you might say, but Pastor Godwell, you keep talking about having an encounter with God. Have we not had encounters with God? Yes, we have had encounters with God, but we must continue having encounters with God. Amen. So I want to instill in us the need to rise up in the things of the Spirit as a church. This is the reason I believe why the Lord want me to talk about this. And, and I've been talking about this now for, for weeks. And so the Lord put it on my heart to specifically talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I've taken each week to look at each gift. And today I think I'm going to do more teaching than preaching. Probably I'm going to read a lot than I've done in the previous weeks. I want you to get this because I want to round up. This is the last message on this series. is diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's what we are looking at today. <coughs> Say diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now these are the two last gifts that I want to talk about. I've talked about seven I want to talk about diverse kinds of tongues, eight, and interpretation of tongues, the ninth. Amen. Now, these are two vocal gifts. Everyone say vocal gifts. These are the gifts that say something. And we need the vocal gifts of the Spirit in our church. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. 
You know that ye were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. I want to say diversities of gifts. Well, the word diversities means different kinds. I want to say different kinds. So there are diversities of gifts, or we can say there are different kinds of gifts. That's actually what I focused on last Saturday. Different kinds. There are different kinds. If you pay attention, you're going to get something. There are different kinds. That was a different kinds. God has got different kinds of gifts. In this context, we're looking at nine spiritual gifts. Amen. Verse number five says there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, that is the phrase that formed our theme. The manifestation of the Spirit. So we're looking at mighty manifestations. So when these gifts manifest, they manifest by the Holy Ghost. Come on, say amen. amen. These gifts manifest by the Holy Ghost. They don't manifest by human plan. I cannot decide to give you a word of prophecy right now. Neither can I decide to see a dream right now. I can't. These gifts Manifest by the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost does not use us in these gifts, they cannot manifest. They will not. And if you try to make them happen, you will get into a dangerous territory. Where you open up yourself to a familiar spirit. You've got to understand that the kingdom of darkness also produces manifestations. A lot of Westerners don't understand when we Africans talk about the, the activities of the demonic. There are stuff that we spare you. We don't even want to talk about them because you may not get it. And it will sound crazy. It will sound impossible. Yes, to the human mind, they sound impossible. But I want you to understand that in the realm of the spirit, what sounds impossible to the human mind is possible in the spirit realm. I think a lot of people spend more time in the natural. That is why they don't understand there is the realm that's known as the realm or the sphere of the spirit. Where impossibilities are made possible. Crazy stuff happen. Growing up as a kid, I saw some things. People would cut themselves with knives and it would not penetrate. Oh yeah. I think some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have probably seen some things. Some of you have probably done some. 
Oh, yeah. But God has brought us out. The church at Corinth was dealing with the demonic realm. And Paul needed to write to them. Paul had to tell them, hey guys, don't forget where you came from. Ye were Gentiles. You were drawn to these idols. So you worshipped and served them. But you've been brought out. You don't serve them no more. But don't forget that there is the realm of God's spirit where there are gifts given to us to help the church. To benefit your brother and your sister in the Lord. There are manifestations, supernatural manifestations that the Holy Spirit wants to carry out amongst you. You must not forget that because you see a lot of times people live in the world and as they live in the world and they serve the devil, they see the acts of the devil, they see the power of the devil and they experience and they even participate. But they come out of the kingdom of darkness and they come into the church and the church seems to be weak. And there is nothing to combat what the devil has to offer. There is nothing to push back the tide of the wicked. Just imagine if you've served the devil. You've seen the power of the devil. You've actually done stuff that the devil told you to do. Some people talk to spirits. You don't see the spirit but they see the spirit. I'm talking about demonic spirits now. Come on now. I come from my parents before they gave their lives to Christ were idol worshippers. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it because they gave their lives to Christ. My father has gone home to be with the Lord. He gave his life to Christ. My mother gave her life to Christ. The Lord delivered the family from that. And we no more serve those things. But I remember growing up as a kid as my mother would tie a piece of white rag or white cloth around her waist. And sit before that piece of, that piece of carved image and speak to it. And he would, she would say to my dad, this is what he says. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he, she would turn and say to my dad, he, he needs this. He needs that. So my dad would have to take note because the next time my mom is going to sit before this thing, she has to present it to him. But this was a piece of carved image, a wood. A wooden image sitting right there somewhere. And my mom would give him offerings to That is what I saw growing up as a kid. And the torment of the devil was terrible. The church at Corinth lived like that. They were in a very, very dangerous uh, city. Where the city was given over to the goddess of love and sex. And it's okay, don't worry, he forgot. Just turn it off. The city was giving over to the goddess of love and sex. And the name of that goddess was Aphrodite. And people would come from the then world to Corinth, not just for commerce, because it was also a commercial hub, but they would come for one purpose. And that purpose was to meet the 1,000 uh, temple prostitutes dedicated to Aphrodite. So that city was a mess. Now these guys in the church at Corinth were amongst 
the people in the society and the community that must have practiced these things, correct? Now, they've come out of darkness as Paul came with the gospel. They've come out of darkness. Now they are in the church. So Paul now writes them and say, do not be ignorant. Do you not realize that when God says don't be ignorant, you shouldn't be ignorant? But unfortunately, what God tells us not to be ignorant of is what a lot of people are ignorant of. Don't be ignorant that we've got spiritual gifts. <clears throat> Come on now, say amen. amen. We've got spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than all demonic spirits. Amen. The power of God is more powerful than any power. And when the power of the devil comes in contact with the power of God, the power of the devil must bow every single time. The church must rise up to the place of the power and the glory of God. Each of us, not just the pastors, not just the leaders, but each believer must understand that the, goal, the glory of God resides on the inside of you. The glory of God lives within you. And you can allow that glory to come forth from within you and to change your life and to change your family and to change your surrounding and to change the people around you. That is what God wants you to become like. You deal with Christians running scared and afraid. They run like a chicken with his head chopped off because they had a bad dream. Oh, pastor, I had a bad dream. The devil is after me. Why don't you get on fire and you go after the devil and kick the devil so hard and kick him out of your life and kick him out of your home and kick him out of your business and kick him out of your family and kick him out of your city. Why don't you do that? Oh, Christians running around, the devil is after me. The devil is after me, Pastor. I had a bad dream. What? Shut up. Amen. Go back to sleep, dream again, and kick the devil. Amen. Kick him hard. I heard the story of a pastor. He, he said he, he had a dream. And in his dream, the devil was running after him. So he woke, he woke up and he was so bothered. He said, no, I can't take it. I'm going back to sleep. I need to see that devil again. <laughs> i tell you. True story, by the way. I'm not making this up. True story. True story. Woke up and, oh, my God, the devil defeated me in my dream. I'm not taking that. I'm going back. <laughs> Come on now, say Amen. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Lord. Now, we've looked at um, seven of them. I want us to look at the, the, the last two on my list. Diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation. Diverse kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. It is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. While interpretation of tongues is the supernatural revelation of the meaning of words spoken in tongues. Did you get that? Interpretation of tongues is the only gift that can is the only gift that cannot operate on its own. Now these other gifts can operate on their own. But I've said over and over again that these gifts work together. You've heard me say that, right? The gift of, uh, the gifts of healing and the gift of the word of knowledge. 
The gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the, of the word of wisdom. These gifts always work together. The gift of faith and the gift of healings. These gifts work together. But the gift of uh, interpretation of tongues is the only gift that cannot operate on its own. Do you know why? Because you need a word in tongues before you can interpret. There is no word in tongues, what are you going to interpret? <coughs> Praying in tongues and interpretation of tongues works hand in hand. Paul said, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he can interpret. Let him pray that he can do what? Interpret. Let the one who speaks in tongues pray that he can interpret the tongues. It is possible, my friends. This is a supernatural thing. None of these gifts are natural. <laughs> these gifts are supernatural. Let him that prays in an unknown tongue pray to God that he might be able to interpret what he has prayed in tongues. Because there are times that God will have you understand what you've just prayed in tongues. Are you listening to me? And when God wants you to understand what you just prayed in tongues, it is designed to bless you or to bless those you tell what you just said in tongues. And we understand that, <coughs> excuse me, praying in tongues plus interpretation of the tongue you just prayed in equals what? Prophecy. Seen that? So when you pray in tongues, in a language you did not learn in school, and you interpret that tongue, it becomes a message. It becomes a what? Message. It becomes a message. Now that message must encourage somebody. The message is not doom and gloom. The message is a blessing. Amen. Thank you for that one amen in the back. The message is not doom and gloom. The message is a blessing. So when you pray in tongues and you interpret the tongue that you just prayed in, it is prophecy. It has happened to me personally in my personal prayer life. So Paul said to the church, let him, notice it says let him, speaking to one person in particular, let him who prays in tongues also pray that he is able to what? Interpret that tongue. So in your time of prayer, you pray in tongues and the Lord will tell you what you prayed and you speak that out in English on your mother tongue and that will bless you. In a church service like this, and I speak that out in English, that will bless you. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say here? This is what the Bible is telling us. That is why it says to us that when the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation, they bring us what? Prophet. Prophet. Everyone say prophet. They bring us, not prophet, prophet. They bring us prophet, not prophet. They bring us prophet. They profit us. Can someone say amen? So it happens. I, I'm I come from Pentecost. I come from a church that actually I was saved in a Pentecostal church. And I'm telling you, I've been in, in services where somebody gets up in the middle of the service and, and began to give a word in tongues. Right in the middle of the service. I knew two sisters in particular. Oh my God. They were used in the gift of prophecy. 
She gets up. She begins to prophesy. She speaks in tongues and she interprets it. But of course, you know, sometimes some of these things are done indecently. And so they just cause confusion and commotion in the church. Uh, when I'm preaching, don't get up and prophesy. Wait until I'm done. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? No, no, no. You can also <laughs> see. You don't just get up because the Lord, God himself, the spirit of God is a spirit of order. He wouldn't have you interrupt what I'm speaking because I'm speaking the word of the Lord. Can someone say amen? amen. So, but this was the confusion in the church at Corinth. This guy gets up all over your head, top, oh, yeah, hey, tana, yeah. Yes, does say the Lord. Before he's done, somebody gets up. Oh, Rabbi, Have you heard the story of this church? <laughs> Strife broke out in this church. Not this one, the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Strife broke out in their church, and, and the church was split in half. And uh, you know the way strife works, right? It's between two people. And then this one tells his friends. And his friends take side with him. And his friends don't really know the true story, but because they like him, they agree with him. And some of his friends are wimps. They're not able to tell him to his face that, please, you, you can't, don't do that. Right? You know people like that? They just agree with you. They are, we call them yes men. Uh -huh. Don't have yes men in your life. You've got to have friends that can look you in the face and say, no, you're wrong. Yes men will not help you. Yes men don't want to rock the boat. But I'm not a yes man. So I like to turn the boat over. Are you listening to me? So he tells his friends, he tells his friends. Sometimes these things don't happen with guys. It happens mainly with, with, with girls. She tells her friends. <laughs> she tells her friends. And, and it becomes a big deal in the church. The pastor sometimes don't have an idea of what's happening. That right before him, the church is falling apart. But he's in the spirit. <laughs> he has no idea that the church is infiltrated by the spirit of strife. Strife is a spirit. Let me say that again. Strife is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. There are many spirits in the Bible with names. So the church is about to fall apart. But he has no idea. That the church is a mess. So what happened? When people would come into the church... This church I'm talking about. When they come into the church and... No, I'm not saying that she's, she's my enemy. So he moves or she moves and sits. So the church was basically splitting half. Guess what? Prophecy time started. <laughs> Somebody got up in, in group, group A. Malehito palaha televida. Jumbrendando refi andelevite levea. Dossia the Lord. Dossia the Lord. There is sin on the other side. <laughs> they let him finish when he's done. Someone else stood up in group B. Maleko pa tenevre tononde yeshu palaha. Dossia the Lord. I didn't say that. <laughs> Church is split in half, and that's what you got. We must maintain. 
The bond of unity in the spirit. And when we are, uh, maintain the bond of unity in the spirit, we are not going to be dealing with the mess that so many are dealing with. And when I decided to bring this message on the gifts of the spirit, I also understood the risk. That was a risk. I know there is a risk. But we are not going to throw the baby away with the bathwater. People can be flaky. People can be religious. Are you listening to me? But I'm not going to kick out the gifts of the spirit from this church. Because some people can be flaky. Oh my God. Have I not seen flaky people in this church for 22 years? Oh my God. The Lord said. And I can look at them. I know the Lord didn't say nothing to me. A few months ago, someone came to me in the office and said, the Spirit of God is leading me. I said, no, he's not. Oh, yeah. No, listen. Paul said, I also have the Spirit of God. Can't come to me and say, the Spirit of God is leading you. If you are in this ministry, you submit under the leadership of this church, the Spirit of God will not be leading you against the ministry. Don't tell me that. The Spirit of God, when he wants to lead the church, he doesn't speak to you, he speaks to me. Period. And I'm done with catering to, flesh, to the flesh. Amen. I'm done with catering to people who just want to have their way. It's not going to happen. I tell people this, is not, this may not be your church. If this is not comfortable, then find a place where it's comfortable. And I'm not saying this to be mean or rude. I'm just saying that I've got to maintain the presence of God in this church. I've got to maintain the, the glory of God in this church. I cannot please men to displease God. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Spirit of God is leading me. He hasn't told me that. Why is the Spirit of God leading you without a confirmation from your pastor? The Bible does not say the sheep leads the shepherd. It says the shepherd leads the sheep. I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. When the Lord is speaking to you, and you come to me and you talk about it, there's going to be a witness in my spirit about that. Because Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits. You can actually look at a man or a woman that you've never met before. And when you look at them without having a conversation with them, you can tell they are children of God. Because of the Spirit. You look at somebody and say, that's a child of God. That's a man of God. That's a preacher. You've, never, you've not talked to them, but you can tell. Because there is a witness in your spirit about that person. My God. Over the years, I've looked at some people and I, and I, and I knew the moment I looked at them, this guy is going to be trouble. How did you know? I knew by the spirit because I picked it up in my spirit by the Holy Ghost. And sometimes I couldn't put my finger on what it will be, what will happen, but I could tell there's this thing in my spirit that's just making me sick about a person. Come on now, say to somebody, I'm spirit. I'm spirit. Oh yeah, you are a spirit. 
Don't be so caught up in the natural. Don't be so caught up in the flesh. Don't be so caught up in, 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 the, in the things of the world to where you, do, you, you ignore who you truly are. You are spirit. You are spirit. And spirit will always supersede the flesh. If you let him. But some people have subdued their spirits with their flesh. And that has got to change. We've got to let our spirits rise up and work with the Holy Spirit in the will and the purpose of God for our lives. And I thought someone would shout amen. amen. So praying in tongues and interpretation of tongues, they work hand in hand. So Paul said, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue. Let that person pray that he can interpret. I truly believe that knowing what you're saying in tongues will edify you. What will it do? It will build you up. The word edifies to build up. It's going to build you up. So, but in dealing with tongues, we have to break, break it down into two segments. I wanted two segments. <coughs> Number one, tongues for private use. Say tongues for private use. This is for everyone that's born again. I want to say that again. Tongues for private use is for everyone that's born again. I do not believe, as some teach, that some people have the ability to speak in tongues while others don't. I don't believe that. Because when I look through the Bible... From the book of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place, in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were in, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and all of them began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God did not select a few. God filled all of them. Everyone say all of them. Amen. Now the word all is very important. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I believe that every born-again child of God needs to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe in that. Somebody came to the office to have a discussion with me. And the discussion was along, along this subject. Oh, Pastor Godwell, don't you think that some people should... No, no, everybody should. Give me a religious break. I don't have time to go through all the verses in the Bible that tells us so. You can read also Acts chapter 19. Paul came to the region of Ephesus. Ephesus is here in Turkey. And he saw 12 young men. He asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we've not heard anything about the Holy Spirit. He said, in whose baptism were you baptized? They said, the baptism of John. Then Paul said, okay, John truly baptized with water unto repentance. But John talked about one who was coming after him, right? John said, I'm not worthy to carry, the, to carry his shoes, right? He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so Paul... Uh, Spoke to these young men. And the Bible tells us that he laid his hands upon 12 of them. There wasn't 12 of them. 
And they all received the Holy Spirit. They all spake with tongues and prophesied. So I believe when the Bible says all, it means. Oh, come on now, talk to me. <laughs> when the Bible says all, it means all. Acts chapter 10, in the house of Cornelius. Peter goes into the house of Cornelius. Cornelius, by the way, was a Gentile. Three days ago, he had seen an angel who said, go, da, 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 find this man and call him to come talk to you. And so he gets his house in order and invites probably some of his friends and his family members. And they sat there waiting for Peter. When Peter showed up and he began to speak in the house of Cornelius, in the book of Acts 10 verse 44, the Bible says, while Peter spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all in the house. Everyone say all. That word is put there for a reason. Because back under the Old Testament, not all could have the Holy Ghost. Only a select few, prophets, priests, and kings, could be anointed under the Old Testament. But we no more live in the Old Testament, we live in the New Testament. That is why you keep seeing this word all, all, all. All. Why? Because that is the perfect will of God. Amen. There shouldn't be a Christian here that does not speak with tongues. Amen. Filipino lady came here years ago. I was doing church membership class for those who wanted to become members of this church family. And we got to the place in our membership uh, um, uh, class where I have to ask people, have you received the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Do you speak with tongues? And when I did, the lady looked at me and said, no. I said, why? She said, because I have been waiting. Waiting for how long? 18 years. 18 years before you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? She said, yes. I said, no, you don't have to wait. I said, you can receive the Holy Ghost. Now you can pray in tongues. I prayed for her. In two, three minutes, she was speaking in tongues. And she was basically amazed. You, you, what you could get in two minutes, you waited for 18, 18 years. So tongues, number one, for private, private use. Say private use. Private. Tongues, number two, for public ministry. Everyone's a public ministry. First Corinthians 14, verses 12 and 13. Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church. Everyone say edification of the church. That's important. You are zealous for spiritual gifts. Make sure that your zeal to operate in these gifts is to edify the church. So we can see this is for what? Public ministry. The first is for private edification. The second is for public edification. Are you seeing that? Good. So, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So he is speaking to the church. Let the one who speaks in tongues in church also pray that he may interpret. I'm not going to read all the details, but Paul went further to say, I'd rather speak few words in tongues in public, right? Few words in tongues in public so that I can help the people. You know, so Paul was basically saying, in public ministry, I don't want to for one hour. Would you get anything from it? No. Guess who benefits from that? Me. You get nothing. So I'd rather speak few words in tongues in public ministry and speak more in a language that people can grab. Are you seeing that? So there is tongues for public ministry. I'll tell you this quick story. I remember I was leading prayer meeting here years ago. Now in our prayer meeting, we pray in tongues a lot. 
Okay, we pray in tongues a lot. But in, in church service like this, where we need to teach and preach, I can't just be speaking in tongues the whole day. And everyone watching me, oh my God, that's a very powerful man of God. You're getting nothing. <laughs> You're getting nothing. I've got to teach. I've got to bring wisdom. I've got to bring instruction. I've got to bring correction. I've got to bring encouragement by the word of God for you to understand. So if I'm speaking in tongues, I become a stranger to you. Right? And the Bible tells us that if you are a sounding symbol, nobody understands you. Is that correct? So, so I need to speak in such a way for you to understand. But prayer meeting years ago, I was just leading prayer meeting, praying in tongues. And a lady said to me, Pastor, you spoke in Swahili. Oh my God. I do not know Swahili. I know it's one of the most beautiful language in Africa. But, but I don't speak Swahili. But she said you did. Then I asked her, what did I say? And she told, I mean, she said it to the entire congregation. And guess what happened? The moment she told us what I said in tongues, the anointing intensified in the church. It is always for the benefit of the people. Can, can someone say amen? amen? I don't know if you noticed that in Acts chapter 2, where the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you read on, you will discover they were speaking in earthly languages. The gift of diverse kinds of tongues was at work in, 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 in that service. Because I did a count of how many languages were spoken in Acts 2, and I discovered about 17. You can read on your own. About 17 different languages were spoken by the, by, the, by, the, by the disciples of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. So which means the day they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they actually operated in the gift. Of the spirit. Which is a gift of what? Diverse kinds of tongues. Now, so when I say it's, a, it's, it's tongue that you did not learn. It means you did not have to go to school to study it. It comes by the spirit. So whether it is me, pro, se, kala, he, tono. You didn't learn that, did you? No, you didn't learn that. It's the tongue of the spirit. Or whether it is lingala. Who speaks lingala here? Yeah, you should speak you, Cong Congolese, right? Yeah. Speak Lingala. I don't speak Lingala. I know, uh, what's that word? Moto. Moto is fire, right? Yeah, that's it. I know moto. Moto means fire. Because when I pray for them, I say moto, moto, fire, fire. So I know that's the word for fire in Lingala, but that's all I know. But if I stood here and speak perfect Lingala, and when I'm done speaking perfect Lingala, and the brother walks up to me and said, Pastor, you spoke perfect Lingala. But to me, it was a strange language. I thought I was speaking in Leprosha, but to him, it's Lingala. Oh my God, I wish somebody gets this. So it's, it's beneficial for the brother because that is a public gift for public what? Ministry. And he comes to me and says, Pastor, you spoke perfectly in Gala. I said, what did I say? You said this, you said this, you said this, you said it. I am so blessed. I am so encouraged to hear that. You know, that is one of the ways God encourages people in the church. Some people are discouraged when they come to church and they see this gift in manifestation. And they come to you you find out you don't know one word in their language. But how come you spoke it perfectly? No, God is saying to you, be encouraged, my son. Be encouraged, my daughter. I am with you. That is a sign and a wonder. That's to say to you that I am with you. It don't matter what you've come through. It don't matter what has happened in your life. I am with you. God just wants you to know that. 
Can someone put your hands and give God praise in the house today? Yeah.